Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future GOAT? Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to my bookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. MyBookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big on NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Today on the ZabeCast, what if the Hall of Fame in baseball had a speakeasy wing? Hmm. Charge joins me tonight. He's going to brag about his electrician skills and also talk about when NCAA football might be back on store shelves. All that plus the joy of Hank Stram from Super Bowl IV, the NFL film's backstory, which is a timeless classic. Your 45-minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Thursday, February 4, 2021. Thank you for downloading. We're getting closer to Super Bowl 55. Minus the usual hype and Hazarai and everything else that goes with it. The Chiefs are not yet in town, but boy, did they have a scare today. According to Adam Shifty Schefter, who's got sources and contacts and people all over the place, the Chiefs barber tested positive for COVID in the middle of something like 20 haircuts for the players including Patrick Mahomes. Well, 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 wouldn't that be something? (laughs) A hairdresser, or not dresser, but a barber, decimating the Chiefs lineup, including knocking out Patrick Mahomes just days before the big game. Right. And if you think the NFL in a million fucking years would allow Patrick Mahomes to get COVID traced out of this game, even if he had 17 positive tests and was sweating bullets with a fever of a million and two. And he said, I'm still good to play. They let him play. I mean, come on now. Which brings me to an interesting question. By the way, they said that there's, as of now, there's you know not a whole lot of concern that uh, there is any spread, but you know you, it makes you wonder. <clears throat> How strict are they going to be on this so-called close contact? My question is this. Shouldn't the COVID protocols be wound down at this point, if not suspended, since this is the last game of the year? Just asking. Now, of course, if somebody is sick, keep them away from everybody else. That's true of anything, not just COVID. 
But shouldn't the whole COVID testing regime sort of be wound down? Like, yeah, we're just going to, this week, because it's the last game, anybody who's symptomatic, we're going to take them out of the mix. Otherwise, we're not testing everybody because, you know, virus got a virus and we're going to play this game and yeah, we're not going to make, we're not going to bench Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or anyone else whose name you might know. Just saying. I don't think it's going to be a factor, but Maybe another reason to just wait a little bit before you wager on the game itself. Speaking of wagering on the game, line is at three as of Wednesday night. It's down from three and a half. I'm seeing threes across the board. The total opened at 57 and a half. It has sagged a bit to 55 and a half to about 56. I don't know what that means. I'll talk about it tomorrow with Mr. X. Speaking of betting on the game. You have lots of options right now. You know where I say you should go, mybookie.com or mybookie.ag. The .ag is Anguilla. I think it's Anguilla. And yeah, it's offshore. So what? Don't let anybody go, well, now that Virginia's got legal gambling and it's DraftKings, a company, why would I go offshore? I'll tell you why. They're better. In so many different ways. This is not the offshore gambling that your father used to do, or me, back in 2000, where you literally would have to mail a cashier's check to some random address, and you're like, wow, I'm taking a real leap of faith here that I'll ever get paid. It's totally different now. And here's what's better and what's great about offshore. Many of the bullshit laws that our stupid asshats in elected office, insisted on going in to these domestic apps in various states, they don't exist at bookie at places like mybookie.com. For example, the Virginia Lottery bans certain types of prop bets, including any that are so-called overly subjective or based on officiating calls. So in Virginia, you cannot bet on what color the Gatorade will be that's dumped on the winning coach, which I think is akin to an assault on American freedom at its essence. You gotta bet on that. So go to my bookie where you can bet on that and a bunch of other prop bets. Promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Deposit boosted up to 50%. By up to $1,000. Certain restrictions apply on bonus winnings. Read the rules. And of course, bet with your head no over it. And subscribe to Fridays in the Zabecast. And get Mr. X because his prop bets are bonzo good every year. All right. Let's get to the feedback. Man, my voice is uh, just a little bit dry today. You don't mind if I take a sip of water on the air, do you? Of course not. Okay. Mmm. Ah. There we go. Okay. We should be good to go. Here we go. Uh, Email is zabe at yahoo.com. Thomas Carley writes to say, Zabe, I listened to the podcast, heard you describing giving certain players a spot in the Hall of Fame in baseball, but no appearance on the dais. I could not agree more. Undoubtedly, these players meet two important criteria. One, they're famous. It's called the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of good player, good citizen, good teammate. Obviously, Bonds and Clemens and others are famous, as they are known. Secondly, they certainly had the requisite on-field accomplishments. For years, I've said we should have a speakeasy or a sort of dungeon wing to the Hall of Fame. 
The fans need to gain access via a hidden entrance, but still get to enjoy it, and they can hide their admiration of these players. This area would end up would end the dilemma about what to do with Shoeless Joe, Pete Rose, the Black Sox, as well as everybody wrapped up in the steroids era. You could go a step more and put in George Steinbrenner. He would never get in as just an owner, but in this dark side of the wing, he would gain admittance for his soprano-like handling of the Dave Winfield situation, plus the Seinfeld pop culture references, and of course his business acumen because he bought the team for $8 million and did it with investors' money, not his. Great show, signed Thomas Carley. I can't argue with that at all. That's a fantastic idea. In fact, it's such a good idea, it probably has zero chance of ever coming to fruition. This one from Willie. He says, Zabe, you are my brother from another mother. I've been complaining about satellite radio sound quality for years. My wife loves it because it's got fewer, in her opinion, commercials. But the sound quality sucks. It's on par with AM radio. Bad, flat, tinny, terrible. I am oftentimes stunned at the poor quality that some people are willing to listen to. I don't know when this got started because I remember in the 70s and the 80s, everyone was pursuing the best sound you could get. Remember the X01 series from Bose? Uh, no. The 901Ss were my dream, but then they started with their shitty Acoustamass series. Bose still makes good headphones, but most of the rest of their stuff sucks, in my humble opinion. Thankfully, there's still those that pursue sound quality. I love Dolby Atmos concept headphones, and they translate pretty well to home theater, but I just wish more movies were filmed in it, signed Will. I think what happened is that back in the 70s and 80s, because of analog technology when it came to reproducing music, records, tapes, etc., that the quality was always going to suffer. So when you got to digital quality, it was a good enough quality that a lot of people said, okay, it's good enough now. I don't need to pursue it any further. But yeah, there used to be a commercial for, was it Bose, I believe, where a guy sits down in front of his speakers, puts on his sunglasses, turns up the volume, sits there with a glass of wine and watches the the sound blow his tie back, his hair back, and the glass nearly off the table next to him. I think that was Bose. That was back in the day. Here's one from Matt Treese. Zabe, I'm a longtime listener to your varied products and I want to pass along some attaboys to you and your guests. You talk about how your podcast or radio show is like a restaurant. It's not necessarily better or worse than anyone else's restaurant, but it's just different. You put a different style into it, a different oomph into it, a different flavor of cooking. Well, guess what? I appreciate what your restaurant has to offer, especially as so many other restaurants are now limiting their menu and limiting their viewpoints. As humans, we are hungry animals. We've always been and will continue to be. It's good to have a variety of fare to choose from so as to expand our perspectives beyond that of our own senses. We possess some slight variations on our exteriors, but on the inside, at our core, our hearts and souls are built and motivated by the same elemental fluff. So at my highest compliment, please accept this. Keep doing what you've been doing. You provide expert analysis. I I don't consider myself an expert. Thoughtful analysis. How about that? A healthy amount of skepticism. 
yet an open mind and a willingness to discuss any variety of topics. I like that, and I'm certain that many of your other fans do as well. Thank you, Matt. Matt went on for several very well uh, punctuated and written paragraphs about the state of basketball, what Ron Thomas's take was, college versus pro. It's a wonderful email. If I read it, it would take a long time. Thank you, though, for that. I read it all, and I agree with it. Uh, this one from Andrew Graham. He writes, I was flipping through channels and landed on the best little whorehouse in Texas. And at the 30-minute mark, some cowboy cop was putting on a girdle and fake ding-dong in front of Burt Reynolds. And he said, quote, and it shapes up like goose shit through a tin horn. Well, now I know where Coach Nick Saban got that line. When he isn't busy being the best coach in college football history, he likes to unwind watching old school movies. Who knew? Andrew Graham. Well, <clears throat> here was the uh, reference from the best little whorehouse in Texas. And I'd never heard this before. Now, it, it probably is just an old Texas saying or an old Southern saying or whatever. And I believe the shit through a tin horn references the military, where in certain tanks or airplanes... The only place to go to the bathroom was like a, a metal chute that would exit the vehicle or the airplane. And so they talk about shit through a tin horn. That's what it's from. Somebody who's in the military will, I'm sure, email me and explain it. But here was the reference in the movie, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And they shape up faster than goose shit slides through a tin horn. <laughs> I want to say that was uh, not Dom DeLuise, but who played the sheriff in... Um, Smokey and the Bandit, Jackie Gleason. It might have been a young Jackie Gleason. And they shape up faster than goose shit slides through a tin horn. <laughs> Which then led Nick Saban to this famous rant about not taking a Division One AA opponent seriously enough. You all don't remember the Georgia Southern game, do you? I don't think we had a guy on that field that didn't play in the NFL, and about four or five of them were first-round draft picks. And I think that team won a national championship, but I'm not sure. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man. And we could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them. <laughs> could not stop them. Can't do it. Won't do it. Nick Saban. Amazing. This one from Jeff Sharon. Zabe, I am standing up right now and cheering for your anti-mask talk this week. No, you're right. They're not harmless. They indulge in the irrational fear of those hysterical people and are just strengthening their fear and will never get past all this until we take them off and burn them. Reject this anti-science flat eartherism. Oh, I do reject it. P.S. on Friday, my three-year-old's preschool teacher, three, confronted me about refusing to put a mask on my daughter. Until now, it had been optional, though most were giving in to the social pressure. I told this teacher it's silly, and we will never do it. They will have to kick us out before we give in to the madness. A mask on a three-year-old at her own school, 10 months after we've learned this disease is harmless for kids and doesn't get passed on from kids to adults, as we learn more, it's almost like we pretend we know less and lock down harder. Because, you know, hashtag science. Sure, masks, masks should be a choice. For healthy people. A choice. That way we can see who the real flat earthers are. Jeff in San Diego. P.S. We just decided we're moving to Florida. California has gone beyond crazy. Don't blame you. 
Then there's this uh, from Biased UND fan. Zabe, I love the show and I've been a loyal Zabecast listener. I heard you talk today about the Macy CBJ, that'd be a Columbus Blue Jacket tweet, about you getting too political on COVID and stuff. Now, I say I'm about 10 to 1 on your side about your COVID observations and political points, but I was blocked recently by you on Twitter, and I've only tweeted at you three times total, only one of which was semi-bad, which I don't even think was that bad. My only question is, are you blocking everyone who says something you don't like? No, I am not blocking everyone who says something I don't like, but I got to be honest. My mood may vary, and some days... I am not up for your shit. And so it's my prerogative as the guy who's up on stage receiving the incoming rocks and garbage and rotten eggs to say, oh, you want to jump frisky with me? Fuck you. You're out. Looking at my tweets is a privilege and you're out. And I'm, and I'm throwing more people out of the club these days. Not everybody, but it depends on the mood. So anyway, he beseeched me to get unblocked and I said, okay, fine. And then I forgot to do it because that's another task I have to do. I have to go dig into my settings and go, okay, let's see. What's his handle here? Okay. Scroll down, scroll down. Where is he? I know some radio personalities charge like a $5 Venmo fee to get unblocked (laughs) as like a matter of principle, not because it's a great money-making scheme. (laughs) Although, wait a minute, strokes chin. Maybe I just delete. Maybe I just start blocking everybody. And saying, well, it's a it's a five dollar shit. I just found a way to monetize Twitter for those of us who are public figures. Amass a following. Block everybody. Tell them if you want to be unblocked, it costs X. Sure, you're gonna get a ton of people like, fuck that. I I am not paying to read your tweets. But you'd get a percentage, wouldn't you? So let's see, 50,000 alleged followers of mine on Twitter. Who knows how many of them are bots? Who knows why it is after years it's sitting at 50, 51, 52, 53, it hasn't grown at all through the years. But let's say my return rate on that minimal $5 take was a mere 5,000. That'd be 10%. Let's say 10%. Say, okay, what's 5,000 times 5? Ooh, 25,000. Don't get me started. Speaking of uh, Macy, CBJ, she did tweet at me saying, you know, I appreciated your measured commentary, blah, blah, blah. Just so you know, I'm originally from Wisconsin. I'm 27 years old and I've moved to Columbus to take care of my ailing father. He listened to you through the years and thinks you hung the moon. And so that's how I began to listen to you. That stopped me in my tracks right there. I'm like, wow, that's, that's quite a compliment. I've heard that phrase before. It's a, it's a wonderful phrase, especially if somebody says it about you. He thinks you hung the moon, man. Anyway, uh, thank you, Macy CBJ. And I'm glad that, uh, I was able to suppress my instant urge and anger to go, who the fuck is this blocking this person? And, uh, and we worked it out and I wish your father the best and you're a saint of a daughter for helping her out helping him out joe lindberg says uh Zabe, you talked about great players still alive in sports with the passings of some of the recent ones your podcast mentioned bill russell 
made me think about what other great players are still around. Willie Mays, Jerry West. I know it might be a boring episode, but if anybody can bring excitement to it, it would be you. Mark Freeman, Carol has quickly moved into the top tier of Zabecast guests. She's extremely knowledgeable on a wide range of topics, obviously prepared, and unafraid to say exactly what she is thinking. Plus, she brings a different perspective than most of your other regulars. Excellent addition. P.S. I stand by my claim. You need to avoid F-bombs around a lady. It's just how I am. Mark Freeman. Thank you, Mark. And then this one from Doug Williams. Not that Doug Williams. Zabe, more smoot, please. Everything he says is either funny or brilliant or both. I'm not going to judge about little things like, you know, purple dildo love boat scandals because, hey, we're all sinners, you know. Thanks, Doug. I agree. More smoot, the better. He is funny. He is brilliant. He knows his football. And he's generous with his time. So we'll work him back into the rotation. All right, time now for my man, Paul Charchia. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Okay. Good day. Hey, good day, Hoser. How you doing up there? Cold in Minnesota, I understand. Only to get even colder. Winter is here, my friend. The high on Saturday is one, and the high on Sunday is negative one. (laughs) There you go. It makes remembering the temperature very easy. It's right around zero. You don't even have to be able to count. You know the number one. You You can understand the weather in Minnesota. Oh, my God. Hello, Charge. How are you, my friend? Lots to talk about today. Yeah. Not just uh, the Kirk Cousins stuff, trade rumors, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson coming out in full support. What I think is going to be the great quarterback reset of 2021. We can get into that. And, of course, the NCAA football game uh, rumored to be coming back. But it's, it's not rumored. It's it's confirmed. Uh, it's coming we'll back. Get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But okay. first, I mean, we cannot go any further until we talk about the fact that you, my friend, have passed your electrical, electrical, <laughs> electricians, electricity. Your, your, your basement wiring job is not just complete. It is inspected and certified by yes, your local my- township. My Plymouth, Minnesota electrical inspection has been passed. I did it. And to everybody on Twitter, because I went to Twitter a lot and would say, hey, electricians of Twitter, help me with this. And I'd film whatever problem I was having. And then half of the people would try to give advice, of which some was good and some was not as good. And then the other half was like, you're going to burn your house down. I never burned my house down, Zave. Not yet, anyway. Well, I mean, so, anytime you play with electricity, you're risking one of two things. One is shocking yourself into a fried crisp or burning your house down. Those are the risks. Now, the upside is you do the job, you save a little bit of money, you empower yourself to know a bit more about something, yeah. and you feel fucking good. You feel you like do. a man. I'm a man. You really do. I've harnessed electricity <laughs> for my own devices. <laughs> this is our version of cavemen making fire, right? It it's is. Us, us dealing with electricity and not actually killing ourselves and getting a getting a series of lights to turn on is it's. I'm telling you, it is a primal 
advancement. I mean, it's just it feels it it just it touches something deep inside you that says you've done good. Yeah. And for me, all the better because I didn't know I didn't know anything. I mean, a year ago at this time, I I I knew nothing about any of it, and I was scared of all of it. And in time, I just I, I learned it all, got comfortable with it all. And really, you you should never shock yourself unless you're not paying attention to what you're doing. Did you get any zaps along the way? No, zap okay. free. Good. At what point were you no longer scared of the uh, the white dragon, as I call the electrical current? In the past few months, I actually got a little bit laissez-faire, and I would be <laughs> in the middle. I'd be starting to reach for a black wire, go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I haven't checked this wire yet. Do I really have do I really have the power off? And so yeah, you're you know, there's a little wand that you can get that just you put the wand anywhere near a hot wire and it it lights up and beeps and you know, that wand oh, becomes your best friend and you got oh. that thing on you all the time when you're doing this stuff and so you just but I did it was funny. I got to a point I was so nervous and so scared early on, never would have never ever would have gotten near a wire without triple checking. And then by the end, you're like, ah, whatever. Do real electricians have that wand? Oh, yeah. Oh, they do? Yep, okay. Absolutely. All right. So yep. it's not yep, just yep. A, a crutch. Okay. Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future? GOAT. Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is Every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to MyBookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. MyBookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big. On NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, There's a series uh, by the History Channel called The Men Who Built America. 
Mm. Don't know if you ever saw it. It's available on DVD. It's outstanding. Ford, Rockefeller, Carnegie, Morgan, Vanderbilt. In one of those episodes, they talked about Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the patron saint of harnessing electricity. Electricity, you bet. And they went through, Charge, this was fascinating. They went through what it was like right when electricity was becoming a thing in major cities, in hotels, where previously it had to be lighting all these fucking candles yes. inside right, of right. glass sconces yep. on every Gaslight. wall. Gaslight, exactly. And Tesla came up with a safer way to electrify and light up hotels. The alternate way, and I forget who did that, was dangerous as shit and was like electrocuting people and burning down places. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. So Tesla built a better system of it. It's utterly fascinating. And of course, my absorption and retention of the material, much like in high school, is approximately 11%. Well, I know a little bit about this. Now, Tesla, in, he, he popularized what we use right now, alternating current, AC. Right. Now, it was Instead Tesla, of direct current. Direct current. Yeah. That was Edison. Yeah. So Edison was all invested in direct current, which was basically batteries. And, and what Edison did is he scared the sh- – he knew he had the worst the, – the, the inferior technology. But he scared the shit out of <laughs> that, everybody. That's what it was. Yes. He would take he had a traveling roadshow of horrors that showed all of the things that can go wrong with alternating current. He lied and, about AC and what Tesla was doing, even though he knew he had the shittier version. That's it. Yes. Now, and it now it's coming back to me. What a dick. Yes. Yeah. Edison was dick. oh, Edison was he stole. <laughs> so Tesla worked for Edison for a while. Yeah. And just it was just like patent after patent after patent. And Edison stole all his work, gave him no credit and no money, and Tesla ends up dying broke and living in a poor house in the slums of New York, even though he's invented <laughs> right. these you know, massive life-changing advancements to technology, and Edison just screwed him. He's living in a van down by the river. Yeah, what an asshole. And you know what? Those were the titans that built America that had amazing inventions like, hey, we can light up your hotel and do it relatively safely. The new assholes of America are guys like Jeff Bezos, who is stepping down from Amazon. What do you think he's going to do? Because I said, I suspect he's going to become like Gru from uh, Incredible. No, not the Incredibles. Uh, from uh, Gru, the bad guy from uh, the, the Minions movies. Despicable I have not Me. Seen the oh, for yes. God's sakes, Charge. Come on. Despicable <laughs> Me. Groove played by the great Steve Carell. You never saw those movies. No, then I'm grateful to not having I don't I assume that they're just you they're know kids banal, movies. Kids but movies. Funny. I don't do you, know. Do you do you not like uh Steve Carell? I'm I'm neutral on Steve Carell. I love you know, the office is epic. It's in the conversation for best best comedy series of all time. Okay. Um, but I think most of the rest of like his movies and stuff are that's okay. Fifty year old or forty year old virgin's pretty good. I don't <laughs> okay. Know. I think right. I think you would actually like Despicable Me. <laughs> it's really good for animated fare. And uh and so yeah, so the character that he plays is this, you know, regular evil guy that develops a shrink ray. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm thinking that this is basically what uh, Jeff Bezos is going to do now with all, with all his gazillions of dollars and all the free time to, you know, do whatever he wants to do. So, Will, do you think he will go down 
the path of relative righteousness, like let's say Bill Gates, who stepped down from Microsoft, had so much money and decided his time was best spent on things like how do I get water to Africa? Yes. Right. I, you know, yes. that's Bill, really noble, I'm glad, right? I'm, I'm glad you said, excuse my voice. <clears throat> I'm glad you said relative righteousness because Bill Gates has given away a shit ton of his massive pile of money. Yes. But it's still a massive pile of money. He can't give it all away in his lifetime. Fine. Yay, capitalism. But the shit he's doing now with the vaccines and especially with COVID. That ain't sitting well with me or a lot of people because he's a one-note band. He's just a vaccine guy. He's like, vaccines, 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 and doesn't think about anything else. He wants to set up this global surveillance network digitally to track all kinds of diseases under the guise of, hey, won't this be great for society? It's great until you realize you're now being surveilled by an international state via our computer overlords. So the privacy aspect of all of this is deeply troubling to virtually anybody, no matter where you stand on any on, on any belief system. Our lack of privacy is deeply troubling, and it has been for a long time. Done correctly, you know, if I don't have to, if I don't have to. If I don't have ah, to, you know, have done all of correctly. my basic rights stolen from me, You're I would out. love to have. I would love to have some <laughs> system that is able to say, "Hey, Charge, you are in danger of having this, you know, e plague or whatever. This thing has got you potentially. You've been you've been exposed or whatever." If he wants to set up stations around the world that can provide fast oh. fast vaccinations or something. Right. That sounds that sounds very noble to me. It sounds noble, but you see what they're setting up to do. They're setting up to have control of permissions. Mm. They're going to be the ones who grant or deny your permission for yes. basic civil liberties. What countries can you travel to? How far are you allowed to drive your car? And on and on and on, because those who want to do good for you you know, or, or are tyrants in the name of doing good for you are never burdened yes. by their conscience because they always think, well, I'm doing good for the globe. Now, th listen, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying because we've seen it so play out exactly that way so many times. I mean, basically every communist country has gone through this this whole this whole same thing. You know, right. we we take on communism for the betterment of all of yes. our people. We're going to have a one class society. Everybody will have food. Yeah, you'll have one kind of food, and you'll stand in line for it. But we'll all have food, <laughs> right? And you know, and then you get get them. You get on the moral high horse of of all of these things, and and then to get anything done, you have to bribe people, and a very small number of people control the destiny of millions, and you know that all that stuff that goes with it. Well, so you're right to be you're yeah. right to be concerned. Well, nevertheless, nevertheless, yes. I know it's 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 ostensibly noble, but the other thing is, you know, Gates is talking out his ass about a lot of this COVID stuff. And many of us are like, who the fucking who the fuck elected you to be a leader? You know, who the fuck elected well, you to have opinions about what we can and can't do during what you are describing as a global health crisis? Fuck off! I don't care how rich you are. Nobody I, voted no, for you. I, I think the reason he became relevant in this is because it was I don't know a TED talk or something that he did, whatever you know, five, six, eight years ago, where he talked about exactly this pandemic that's coming. And I well, think that put him I put him on the map because uh, he he predicted he predicted but, it was going to happen. But what if this is not nearly the pandemic that he and others are selling it as 
and they're just seizing on it because he's not going to live forever. Thank God. And so he may not see a real pandemic in his lifetime. This is not a pandemic by any measure of real pandemics for global well, no, numbers. This is, not, this is not the Black Plague. We're not, you know, we didn't lose half. Of, and, and even if we rewind to one year ago now, roughly, yeah. 11 months ago, Zane. I'd love to rewind to a would, year ago, not do any that, of this shit. Would, remember what the estimates, the death estimates were then. Yes, right. It was by, in the many, many, many millions. Yeah, by right? a flawed modeler, an asshole, Niall Ferguson in the UK, who then quickly broke his own rules and went to go bang some chick who's not his wife <laughs> and is still being listened to over there in the UK. That fucker, I can't believe he's alive right now. Get but, this. Yeah. In, in, in Minnesota, the basis for our first like six months of all of our decision making by our governor Walls yeah. uh, and uh, and in his, in his inner circle was done by modeling at the University of Minnesota. Right. But he would never show us the models, and he wouldn't give us the data. He just said, "I've got this University of Minnesota model right. where he's pumping in new data. We're changing it, adapting it, all this stuff." Turns out, we find out later, it was devised by two engineering students. Yep, that was yep. it, and it was so wrong, Zabe. They, they they the forecasts were. Six figure, you know, six figure fatalities, oh, yeah. up to oh, a million yeah. Minnesotans yes. were going to die. Yes. And it was nothing even close and to who's, that. And who's gone to jail for that? Where are the inquiries in your state legislature? Who's been fired from their jobs for that? Right. No, there's Nobody. never any accountability for that. Well, stuff. that's that's what we need to start demanding. By the way, <clears throat> by the way, you're God damn yeah. this voice. <clears throat> you're speaking of COVID, you, you gotta cough out the COVID. That's what you need to do. I've already beaten COVID. There's no problem. <laughs> Six right. one six two six love three set victory no problem. <laughs> I know I'm very lucky. Knock on wood, could have been worse. Okay, here's Gru from Despicable Me. Come on, give me a good talking scene. I was trying to you scrub through. You have not lost you. your touch, my friend. <laughs> ah, I knew it. You are El Macho. <laughs> I think it's time we shall groove. What we're up to here. Dr. Nefario? <laughs> That's good. <cool. laughs> Dr. Nefario. It's pretty funny. Do you ever happen upon Dr. Doofenshmirtz? No, Martins? who's that? Okay, no, again, this is this because your daughter is what, 19 now? No, she's 15. She 15 actually grew era. up right in the Despicable Me, Despicable Me era, but we missed it. You missed it. Okay. Ah, that's fine. Well, you know, I've got a daughter, Catherine, who's 22, and she's on the autism spectrum, and she loves animated movies. So mm. I go to virtually every one of the animated movies that comes out, unless grandma takes the bullet and goes to one or mom does, but it's mostly me. It's a Saturday tradition. At least it was until everything got shut down and we're looking forward to it ramping back up again. But I've seen a lot of shitty animated movies, but, but Despicable Me is funny as hell. It's, it's an adult. You can, as an adult, watch it and actually kind of like it. Okay. Enough of this bullshit. Let's get to, let's get to Kirk Cousins. Shall we start yes. there? All right. Yeah, let's start there. I nearly spit out my dentures, which I don't even have yet, but give it time, when I heard the rumor of Niners-Vikings trade Kirk plus, or no, I'm sorry, Garoppolo plus some draft assets to get Kirk Cousins. Is that a real thing or no? Well, okay, so yes and no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I know. First, the... A one tweet by one guy. Um, what is all? It's all that we have to go on publicly with this. 
I will tell you privately, just between me and your listeners and you, um, I was told mid-season that the Vikings, uh, that the Vikings, the Niners had ongoing interest in Kirk. Now, this was at a time roughly mid-season where the Vikings were heading into like week eight with one win. And everybody assumed the Vikings were, you know, we're going to have to do a total rebuild. And I was told by a source that is in a position to know that the Niners had had ongoing interest despite the trouble that the Vikings had had that year. And uh, but it was not. But I also was told that nothing was going to happen in season and that it was going to be a postseason conversation. Right. And so now here we are, the postseason, just a few weeks in. And here that here comes this. Here comes this tweet like, hmm. I so I do think that I think there is some legs to that. We know the 49ers were attempting to get Matthew Stafford and we're ready to pay handsomely for him. They've got um, they can just cut uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't even have to be part of any deal. Garoppolo's he's imminently cuttable. It's like a two million dollar cap hit. That's it. So, but if you, you know, if you trade Kirk away, you want to have at least a functioning QB, right? Yeah, we which we don't have. Our backups all stink. Right. So, so you'd have a functioning QB. I can't believe. I mean, what shocked me was they were talking about a first round pick, maybe more, going yeah. with Garoppolo to Minnesota, and for all the Kirk haters. Man, this must have brought them out of the weeds like natives all geared up for war. Let's do it. Yep. They're, they Listen, they, it's funny, though. First, the haters aren't quite as, as vocal now because he was, <laughs> Kirk was about the best thing that happened to this season. He ended up being really good this year. And the second thing is even they don't have it. You know, all you have to do is start back. All right, so what's the plan? Well, it's Garoppolo to a bridge. We're gonna we'll, we'll keep Garoppolo. Right. We'll bridge. We'll bridge to some other yet to be named guy. We'll just find somebody because because as you know, Zabe, Washington football, Vikings football, it's easy to just find your next quarterback. Oh, totally. They grow on trees. Yes, Nobody ever yes, spends 10, 20, 30 years walking in the NFL woods looking for that next great quarterback, doing your quarterback calls. <laughs> and you're cold and you're haggard and you're like, God, this is harder than I thought. Yeah, bridge. You know what that's going to be? It's going to be like the famous Alaskan bridge to nowhere that was part yes. of the political cycle years ago. I wouldn't want to do it if I were you. Now, I saw a graphic that said that compared Garoppolo to Kirk and Kirk outshines him in just about every category every way. Every way. over a three-year period. Yeah, it's not close. Yeah, look, Kirk's, Kirk has done shockingly well with, by the way, with an offensive line that for all three years oh, he's God. been here has has had pass blocking rankings of 28th or worse by pro football focus. It's awful here. The dude's under crazy duress, and yet Kirk has managed, has managed to play well, and he just unlocked 1,400 yards from Justin Jefferson in his rookie year. Which brings us to this soundbite. This was from the Jim Rome show. Jefferson on there talking about his quarterback. Uh, he definitely takes a lot of heat. He takes way more heat than he really deserves. Um, if you look at the numbers, um, he's top in the league. You know, he, he's been doing a lot of things for this for this team and for this offense. So um, I don't really understand why he gets so much criticism. Um, you know, all of those losses that we had wasn't on him. Uh, you know, of course, uh, we would like to, to take some plays back and, um, you know, redo some plays, but um, that's just how it is. You, do, you don't play perfectly, especially in this league. Um, and to, to see the things that he have done, um, I really don't know why he gets so much criticism. I know why. 
You want to take a stab at what I think is why Kirk gets the shit he gets? Your answer is not going to be the same as mine. I'm going to give you the right answer. All right, let me I, give you I, mine. I'll let you go wrong first. Let me give you mine because you know what? This is like this is like a woman that we've both dated. <laughs> or I are was, we Eskimo? Are we Eskimo brothers yet? <laughs> we, are, we are totally Eskimo brothers at this point. <laughs> Here's why Kirk gets so much shit. He's a nerd who was not drafted very high, and he's religious. And the zeitgeist of the NFL and fandom and media ain't about that. They want a quarterback who is either a stone-cold winner, then you could be an overachiever, a grinder mm-hmm. like Brady, as long as you're a stone-cold winner, or a guy with swagger like Baker Mayfield, with sizzle, with some media panache. Kirk mm-hmm. is a steady Eddie, overachieving grinder who has a deep religious faith. I don't think he pushes it on people, but he's not afraid to express it. And that gets him a lot of scorn there. I'll hang up and listen off the air. You're right. I said you'd be wrong. You're right. And maybe it's because you and I have talked about We've it. dated the same woman. Occasions. It's amazing. You hit all the you hit all the big talking points. He he's just a non-charismatic grinder and you're you're exactly right and it, people just he just he just doesn't make him he's not somebody that you just want to run through a wall for as a fan or whatever it just damn yeah, those yeah. things are unfortunate but good dude i mean who you know everybody likes him even even stefan diggs liked him diggs just didn't like the fact that we ran constantly right. and he, you know right. he wanted to be throwing the ball all day long all yeah. the time Like every receiver does. So, yeah, so now the question for you guys in the franchise is, and by the way, Kirk is quite affordable now, given the way salaries are going with quarterbacks. 14th highest paid uh, quarterback this year. He'll be the ninth highest paid next year. Yeah, and that's exactly where he really is in the pecking order. He's between 9 and 14. You put a team around him, you can drive some places. But the, the problem in the NFL, and this is why the great quarterback reset is about to happen, is that everyone's looking for the unicorn. In a, in a sense, Patrick Mahomes has fucking ruined it for everyone else. Because they're like, I want that. I want the cool chick who's hot, who loves sports, who can drink bourbon, hangs out with the guys, gives incredible sex, works out all the time. She's ideal. She's the unicorn. They all want that. There's a reason they, unicorns they are rare. They don't happen. They don't happen like that. And it, the, the other thing is, it's a it's a highlight driven, um, it's a highlight driven league in the sense that like Lamar Jackson, everybody wants Lamar Jackson, right. and I get it because because he he makes these astounding highlights, but he does you know, but he doesn't win in the playoffs. So you know, right. it's more he's than just that. Every, but you want the red zone. You want red zone guys now. He's that, every right. He, he Lamar is every bit as ineffective in the playoffs as Kirk is, yes. but he delivers highlights and he won the MVP because he had bonkers rushing numbers on top of good but kind of pedestrian passing numbers, and right. it worked in conjunction for one year, and then it sort of fell off this year. And my bet is it's going to fall off again next year, but we'll see. They'll get him some receiver help in the offseason for Lamar Jackson so they can find out what they really got in him because I think next year is a make-or-break season yeah. for him. If they if he doesn't win a playoff game, I think they got to look at everything now. So now comes the big quarterback scramble of this offseason. I think we're going to see some wild shit. I thought the Stafford trade was pretty wild, yeah. and I think it's only going to be the start. What do you think will be the biggest quarterback headline of the offseason? Watson will get traded. I think he will. You know, the, just the players have got so – players in general have so much more leverage than they ever had, Zabe, and he's he's got it. I mean, if he 
if he can convince this team he's not going to play for that team ever again, he's get, and and it doesn't. Frankly, it's not that hard to do that. Then he'll he'll get his way. He'll find his way uh, out of Houston. And, I would contend you know, he doesn't even have to convince him of that. He just has to go far enough down the road to make the team uncomfortable and to make him squirm through all of these artificial, overcovered offseason benchmarks. The combine, the draft, free yeah. agency, and mini camps, all this shit. It'll be a constant drumbeat of stories. The media will rock the boat enough that Watson just doesn't have to show up. He would never fucking retire. He would never give back. Oh, he's not retired. Right. No, of course right, not. Right. But he all he has to do is just let the media do his job for him. And it depends on do the Texans want to make this a war, make this a standoff, and go deep into the summer and just tap their watch and go, well, you showing up or not? Because the fines are racking up like uh, yeah. late fees at Blockbuster back in the 90s. Yeah, although they never enforce those fines, which is stupid. They should. It's $50,000 a day when he doesn't show up. But if you're Houston, the problem is fast forward to August. Let's say you do play hardball and you don't draft a quarterback and you don't have anybody else ready to play because you're going to play hardball and you think he's going to cave. You think Watson's going to cave and he's going to come back. What are you going to do when you're looking at trying to – I don't even remember who their backup quarterback is. You know, they (laughs) – Whoever the hell the backup quarterback is is going to have to start games. I'm going to go look it up right now. No, I'm, I'm racing you to it. AJ McCarron. No, so AJ McCarron is going to is going to go be your is going to go be your starter. I mean, that's how you lose the game of chicken. You can't win that way. I know. So they got to get out on so Watson. Sam, what do you What do you think they'll get? I think they'll get three ones for him. Plus plus. I, I think they will get two ones, two twos, and player or players, Ooh. meaningful players, because that's what it costs. That's the cost of doing business, right? All right. What about and they'll get some players? Is now. Sam Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold, re, uh, refurbishable? Yes, I think there are going to be teams that are going to want Darnold, and some. I think the Jet, the Jets are going to are going to take a quarterback. They're going to do what the Cardinals did with their number one, uh, their first round draft pick in Josh Rosen. And they'll sell them for pennies on the dollar. And they'll, you know, I think they'll be lucky to get a, they'll be lucky. They'll get a second round ish right. pick for Sam Darnold from somebody. Are the bears renewing begrudgingly their wedding vows to sad Trombonski? Yes or no? No, that's, I, he might be on roster might be, but he will not, he will not go in as the only pl- uh, plausible starting quarterback. They All will right. find another, they'll find another way. Do the Cowboys belly up and pay the freight on Dak Prescott? Have to. There, there's not. They don't. I don't think there's an alternative for them. They will have to. They'll have to pay up. All right. From the junk drawer file. What about Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, uh, Jacoby Brissett, and Stubeard, Ryan Fitzpatrick? So Fitzpatrick's fascinating because he's every, he's any team's bridge to the next quarterback is Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. Yes. So. You know, whatever, you know, whatever you decide you do, if you need to wait a year on quarterback, he's the guy to help you wait out that year, which is fascinating. Mariota also fascinating. Get this. He is a backup quarterback making who is under contract the next year for $10 million. Jesus. The same thing he made this year. He made $10 million as a to do nothing. He got, he got in for one game this year. Wow. And he's under contract next year too, $10 million. So I don't think he's going to be a factor here. Uh, Saints are already saying they want to keep Jameis Winston and they should, they need to have two quarterbacks just in case the whole Taysom Hill thing doesn't work out. Zabin, it might what not if, work out. What if Drew Brees does not retire? 
he can't play for them anymore. They're a hundred million dollars over the cap. Hundred <laughs> million, real 100 so million? one way or another. Yes, <laughs> they're a hundred million over. So it, you know, he he's he's not gonna he's not coming back. And even if he did, he couldn't play for the Saints. So yeah, it's over. All right, and then uh, then you got scrubs like Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, uh, RG three, Colt McCoy, Andy Dalton, AJ so McCarron, Tyrod Taylor. Tell me who Washington's quarterback is week one opening day. Who's your quarterback? I mean, if I had to bet, I'd say Deshaun Watson. I think Danny's going to swoop in and throw him the farm. Plus, we have some real grade A D linemen who are we probably have an excess of quality D linemen. So they might part with one of those guys. I just I know how Danny operates. I know the urgency to get a guy. I know the utter uh, unreliability of of uh, Alex Smith. No matter how good the story yes. is, yes, and, and he's trying to get a stadium built here. Church time is you need, ticking. They need to take the the narrative in Washington has to get off the front office, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You, you need to have a new focus for the fan base and the media, and Watson would be that guy. If they don't, they're really in no man's land because they're out of the running for all the guys coming out of college that are any good for the most part, unless right. they trade up to get a guy like Fields or Wilson. And I'm not sure they got the stomach to do that again. And uh, otherwise, they got to go into next year with with Kyle Allen and uh, this kid, uh, what's his name, that uh, played so good for them in the in the playoff game. I'm having brain lock today. I don't know what it is. Must be connected. yeah. Tyler Taylor uh, Tyler, Taylor, 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 Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So yeah. All originally right. originally a Viking, and one season I don't. We may have talked about this at the time. I don't remember. One season he was uh, he was on the practice squad, and they go into training camp, and they've been talking him up a bit, and people thought he could compete for a starting job. This is pre Kurt, and he was going to I don't know compete with Teddy or something, and. Tyler, right before training camp, decided he needed to kick in a door and ended <laughs> up ended up tearing a bunch of tendons in his ankle or his leg. And that was it. That was the end of his time with the Vikings. He had missed the whole season. That was the end of his time with the Vikings. Um, one of the things about Washington, you're, you're right that you're picking in no man's land. And this happens. This is why the Vikings have not had a good quarterback for 20 years is they're perpetually picking at number 18 through 22 and you can't get good quarterbacks there. But one name to keep an eye on is a guy named Trey Lance. Yeah. Out of North North Dakota. Dakota. Yep. And he's a, he's a Minnesota kid who never lost a game playing at North Dakota. And he is fast and he's got a big arm and he's fascinating. And that's a, that's a guy who's think people think could drop into the 10 to 14 range and that becomes gettable for Washington. Yeah. All right. Exit topic. Three minutes or less. NCAA football by EA Sports hyped everybody by saying something along the lines of, you know, uh, you kept the dream alive or you're coming back. I forget what the thing was. But I heard today that it may not be until 2022. Or later. Or they, later. They, said they, they, they said it's coming. It's, you know, it's in development. So that's what they said, but they also said it's early in development. So, you know, the good news is they're working on it. Now, usually, you know, they almost never, especially a company as big as EA, almost never makes an announcement like this without the product seeing the light of day. The reason they're able to do it is because they have cut their own deal around the NCAA for deals with the schools. 
They've got over 100 schools, and they get the logos, the mascots, the fight songs, the stadiums, and all the things that made the EA College Football Series so much fun in the old days. Those are all back. Now, what they won't have or don't have currently is any way to get real players, real attributes, likenesses. That stuff's not in yet, but this is a, these are changing times, and by the time this game ships, who knows? They might be able to cut a deal with the uh, with the college players and pay them so that they can use those names and likenesses. And even if they can't, people hack it into the game anyway. Yeah, they're right. They will hack it in. I understood that the game, while being a cult classic, was not exactly a huge seller for platforms. Is that true? It got crushed by Madden, but in the broader scheme of video games, it did well. You know, it was you know it it performed it performed well. And I think they would bring it. I'm sure they would bring it back. I mean, they already got a football engine, right? Yeah. You know, you've already got a football engine Just that knows skin how to it. tackle. And, yeah, skin it know. with the logos and the college names and a few stadium renderings, and you're done. Well, don't tell Madden people that because the Madden oh. people, the Madden <laughs> people put a thousand hours into Madden a year, and all they do is complain about it. So we don't, we don't want we don't want to have we don't want to tell people it's going to be a reskin Madden. They want it to be its own thing. But they, but the reality is they're obviously going to use a lot of the same technology and understanding and 11 on 11 and how to tackle a guy and all that stuff will be in there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, Supreme Court has set an argument date for the case with the NCAA versus Alston, which is the name image likeness issue. And I want to mm -hmm. say it was March 31st. Ooh. All right. So it'll be on at that point, Charge, and then uh, we'll see. I, I hate it, though. They're like, the game's coming back. And you're like, really? And they're like, yeah, in three years or two years. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck well, you. Well, they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't given us a date. They just said it's, it's going to be a while, and it's yeah. early in development. We're estimating two or three years, which is usually how these things go. Is your basement finished or just the electricity? Wall, I have walls up. We're painting walls. I've got I've got light fixtures in now. The current job, putting in all the baseboards. So you got to stain them. You got to stain them all. You got to cut them. Got to cut them to spec. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know that's what? Charge. Be a job. My fucking idol. What else do you got to do in the middle of winter in Minnesota? <laughs> Stay in the basement <laughs> with right. some stain. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Thanks. There you go. Decent saying, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Okay, so good. I'll day. end on this. There's some today. pieces of audio that I have and I've played through the years that I get to thinking, ah, played this so many times, everyone's heard it, right? But then you remind yourself of the old radio axiom that there's new listeners joining every 15 minutes, every 15 minutes, if not sooner. And when it comes to podcasts, there's more and more people that are like, oh, I just heard you just got turned on to this thing and I haven't heard your whole repertoire of shtick. So I'm like, all right, I should go back and play this. Because the Chiefs, of course, being in the Super Bowl, it's, it's got uh, a connection there, given that Hank Stram, Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Super Bowl four, agreed to be mic'd up by the great Sables of NFL Films fame. That would be Ed Sable, the founder, and his son, Steve, both of whom are no longer with us. It's a great tragedy. Steve suffered from a brain tumor and died at an age far too young. It remains one of my absolute over-the-moon joys and delights that Steve Sable, one year at Radio Row in Houston, was going through the different tables, came to me and Scott as the day was winding down, sits down in front of us, realizes who it is, and lights up and says, Oh, Zabe, 
I listen to you all the time. And I'm like, really? You, the great Steve Sable? Apparently he did. He listened on satellite radio as he drove in in the O-Dark 30 hours to the NFL Films headquarters in New Jersey, and he was a fan. Talk about, wow. See, I think the Sables, I think Steve Sable hung the moon. So everything that the uh, NFL Films does is gold, and they talked about what it took to get Hank Stram, a very colorful coach, to be mic'd up. And I said, you know what? This piece of audio... While a bit long, it's like six minutes, uh, like Boo Ben Canop that I play every year, we should play this every year at the Super Bowl because it's so good, it's so heartwarming, it's so amazing and stupid and sophomoric at times, but also brilliant, that you have to hear the story of how the Sables convinced the great Hank Stram to wear the wire for a historic Super Bowl four victory by the Kansas City Chiefs. Hank was the first coach that understood that football was entertainment as well as a sport. And that made him different. In the history of NFL films, there are four coaches that really um, supported us and opened up the playing field for NFL films. First was Lombardi, who understood the, the historical nature and, and the fact, the value of us filming the games and, and him wearing a mic. Sid Gilman was great. His uh, family ran a movie theater. So he was always interested in how we made the films. George Allen, another person who opened up the, his, his locker room to us, and he was so paranoid about the media. When other coaches saw George Allen let the NFL films into the locker room and meeting rooms, they said, geez, if he lets NFL films and we can trust him. And of course, the other coach was Hank Stram. And it was because Hank understood that he was also a performer as well as a coach. And I think the thing with Hank is that Hank had his own vocabulary. And if you were around Hank long enough, you understood, like he always referred to his players as rats. Hey, rats. And um, when we first heard that, we thought that was derogatory, but it wasn't. I mean, it was a term of endearment. I don't think there's any explanation of them. I, I, I don't really know where they came from or how um, that um, verbiage became part of who he was. But um, he, he called all of us rats. Hey, come on, rats. Humphead, smush. My father was big smush, and I was a little smush. We had a little uh, dachshund, um, and his name was smush. Uh, the officials were sausage stuffers or pus bellies. Every official, hey, look at this pus belly. has a bad call, you pus belly. You guys are a bunch of sausage stuffers. So Hank had this whole vocabulary. He loved using words that really didn't make any sense. They made sense to him, but they didn't make any sense to anybody else. But when we mic'd him for the Super Bowl, um, that was Super Bowl four. There is a fallacy that Super Bowl three made the Super Bowl. It didn't. To the vast majority of the public, they felt that the Jets' victory was a fluke. And that was mirrored the next year when the Chiefs played the Vikings. The Vikings were 13-point favorites. So there wasn't parity in the public's mind after Super Bowl III. But Super Bowl IV, and I had maintained this for, for years, Super Bowl IV and the Kansas City Chiefs made the Super Bowl Super. When the Chiefs made the Super Bowl, we knew right away we got to get, get uh, Hank to wear a mic. Hank 
had the whole top half of the Senesta Hotel. Hank's sitting there, he's watching a college game, and my dad and I go up there, and my dad says, we'd love to mic you for the Super Bowl. And Hank, who often referred to himself in the third person, you know, the mentor, and he says, well, uh, uh, Smush, uh, uh, the mentor will agree to wear a, a, a microphone for the Super Bowl, but uh, some coin of the realm is going to have to change hands. And uh, my father looked at me and I, what the hell, what, a coin of the realm, what does that mean? And Hank goes, some dead, dead president, Smush something I can fold up and put in my pocket. We didn't expect that. And uh, my dad says, oh, well, uh, Hank, uh, $250? And Hank says, that won't even pay for the mentor's dry cleaning bills. So we got up to $500, and Hank agreed to wear the mic. We picked Hank because, as filmmakers, we knew that win or lose, that he was going to be great. How in the world can all six of you miss a play like that? All six of you miss a play. Watch Johnny Robinson. Make sure you watch Johnny. Make sure he's all right back there. It was there, wasn't it, boys? It was, it was there, wasn't it? My two older brothers got to go to the first Super Bowl. So um, we all asked, you know, who do we get to go? Do I get to go? And, and he said, absolutely not. He said, this is too big a game, and I'm not taking any of the kids. So I was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to go. So I go to school uh, that morning, the day that they were going to leave, and um, I was in the cafeteria at Briarwood School. And... Um, My dad walked in with my suitcase, and he said, uh, come on, you're going with me. Yes, sir, thank you very much. Leonard. He can't cover that thing, Lenny. Throw it anytime. time. I'd you on the outside. That's a good time to throw it right there, you see. They put on such an ass whipping on the Vikings that people then realized there is parity. That was, it was 23 to seven, but the Chiefs outfought them, outfought them, out hit him, and the Vikings came into that game, you know, the purple people leaders, Jim Marshall, Carlisle, or Joe Cap, real physical team, and the Chiefs just pounded him. I mean, just whipped him, mentally and physically. Okay, let's, let's do a go. job. Hold hey, these guys can't move the ball the against us. Let's do the job on it, babies. Come on. Watch the play action pass. Play action pass. And make sure you keep him in that pocket. They didn't know where to go. Yeah, Kosalki was running around there like it was a Chinese fire drill. 65 toss power trap. That might pop wide open, Rats. Running play coming to Garrett on a top touchdown. Garrett scores in the ball. Was it there, boys? Was that there, Rats? Nice going, baby. The mentor. 65 toss power trap. Yeah. We were a family that, that um, showed our emotions towards each other. Wow. So <laughs> that is good stuff right there. He's calling the mentor, 65, toss power trap. And the story you heard his son there talking about being taken to the game as a young teenager and how, how just thrilled he was. And his dad surprised him. No, you can't go too big of a game. And then he shows up at school with his suitcase saying, come on, son, you're going. Good, good shit. We're never going to see another coach in the NFL as eccentric and as as unique as Hank Stram, but thank God for NFL Films and the Sables for capturing all that for time immemorial. So remind me, next Super Bowl week, we got to play it. Sort of like twas the night before Christmas, uh, before the final big game. All right, that is a wrap for today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss tomorrow. 
and Mr. X and his prop a palooza for the big game. Notorious J.A.Y. will join us as well. For those of you that don't know how to do it, go to zabe.com slash premium. And if you need help after that, just email me. I'll let you know. Really appreciate everybody who supports this podcast and listens. Thank you so much. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. He takes a step back. He's under attack. But he knows that no one can touch him now. He seems so Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future GOAT? Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, 
where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to my bookie, mybookie.com, mybookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up my bookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything, not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. My bookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big on NFL squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie.